Good morning. I want you to turn to someone next to you and say, wake up, good morning. I want you to turn to the neighbor that you ignored and say, good morning. It is good to see you. I'm excited to be with you all this morning. I can tell it's summer. You guys have progressively gotten more tone in your skin. You look tan. You're glowing. You're healthy. You guys are a good-looking bunch this morning. Well, for those of you that don't know, my name is Lauren. I am one of the preachers on the preaching team at Seacoast Vineyard Church. Last night, I was hanging out with a crew of friends that go to Seacoast. We were eating steak. We were eating asparagus. And then we were sitting all around this big dining room table. And we started asking really weird questions to generate conversation. And one of the questions was this. If you could be any animal for 24 hours, what would you be and why? I want you to turn to your one or two people. This is not relevant to the sermon at all. <laughs> and I want you to share, what animal would you be for 24 hours and why? Go ahead, take 30 seconds. I'm just curious, does anyone want to share what animal they would be and why? Oh, a panda bear. Okay, but why, Cookie? They're cuddly. All right, in the back. Yes, water submersion feels good. That's right. Anyone else? One more person. Back there. A dog. Okay, why? Always get attention, yes. <laughs> this question was not relevant to the sermon at all, okay? But I just want to encourage conversation. Just if you're sitting at dinner with friends or family, ask weird questions. Just begin asking each other, okay, if, what do you need in a friend right now, right? Begin bringing up conversation with friends so that you can be building community. Last week, Jay Elkins was with you all. He's a pastor at Seacoast Vineyard Church, and he launched our new series here at Renovation. We are talking about the good and beautiful community by James Brian Smith. If you haven't ordered this book yet, you can get it on Amazon Prime. And if you're lucky, the cutest UPS driver, Ryan, my husband over there, could deliver it to you. So Amazon Prime, if you haven't ordered this book yet, I want to encourage you, go ahead and get it. We are going to be in this series this summer, breaking down what does it look like to be in healthy community. Today we're talking about how to be a serving community. But we couldn't talk about how to be a serving community if Jay had not laid the foundation for the gospel. How can we be a gospel-centric community? But if I'm completely honest with you guys, I wanted to share something with you that I felt the Spirit was nudging me. As I was prepping for this message, as I was praying for you all, as I was praying for this morning, I, I sensed something that I think will give us vision for the future. 
And what I feel like the Lord is saying to Renovation Vineyard is to not be concerned about being the best church in this city. What I sense the Lord is inviting Renovation Vineyard into is being the best church for this city. I don't believe we need to have the best programs, the largest amount of people showing up to be the biggest and shiniest church. I believe that God has angled you all to be the best church to serve this city. And so that word that I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you all shaped this message this morning. Renovation doesn't need to be the best, but we do need to be the best to serve this city where God has put this community. So I want to pray that over the congregation, and I'm going to pray for us to get started today. So Jesus, I pray your spirit to be with your family right now. God, that you would begin comforting us, that you would begin encouraging us. God, I thank you that your spirit can speak to us. And I pray that word over this church, that we would be less concerned about being the shiniest and that we would wake up to the reality that, God, you put us to serve people. That's why church exists to care for folks, to love folks, to make them feel wanted and important and valued. So God, I pray that this morning we would wake up from maybe a self-centered life. Maybe we've been operating in a place of self-absorption. And I pray that your spirit would wake us up, even right now in this moment. God, would you give us vision? Would you give us inspiration? God, thank you for being a God that moves. So I pray in your strong and mighty name, the people of God said, amen, amen. So today, we're talking about being a serving community. Serving community. Serving is not just about serving in church. Serving is also not just about filling your calendar with more things. Serving isn't just what we do, but serving is who we get to be. Have you ever enjoyed the experience of being served? Someone else serving you. Maybe it was a time or a moment that took your breath away. You were so impressed with someone serving you that you were just in awe. Did it amaze you? Did it inspire you? Was it a random act of kindness from a stranger? Was it a surprise party that someone threw for you? Was it a meal at Chick-fil-A and you just got excellent service? Always, yes. You see, those small and large things can have profound impact on us. We feel valued. When someone serves you, you feel wanted. You feel loved. You feel cared for. And that is why being a serving community is so important. 
We want folks from all walks of life, when they enter those doors, to feel valued, important, wanted, and loved. Let me tell you about a friend I have named Jill. I've built a relationship with Jill this past year. She manages the local Starbucks that I go to a few times a week. I noticed Jill because of the way she serves. I see Jill cleaning dirty tables. I see Jill cleaning filthy toilets. I see Jill jumping in with the team that she manages. And I see Jill going above and beyond when she doesn't have to. I am so impressed with the way that Jill serves. I want to be like Jill. I want to serve like Jill serves. Can you think of someone that you know that inspires you with the way they serve people? Can you think of that person? Do you have them in your head? Have you ever told this person that they inspire you? That you are just in awe at the way that they make people feel valued, loved, cared for? You know, the power of encouragement as we serve can be life-changing for someone. And I think cleaning dirty tables and jumping in with team members and going above and beyond, all of those things, if we're completely honest, can be inconvenient. They can be time-consuming. And sometimes they feel like they are beneath us. But I believe serving others and recognizing the service of other people, it comes easily if you know who you are. There are three big questions in life that I believe a lot of people are wrestling with. Where did I come from? Where am I going? And why am I here? Those are three big questions that I'm telling you will cause a life crisis if you don't know the answer to those. But when you answer those questions, you are free to be anything with no need to prove anything to anyone. If you look at Jesus, Jesus knew where he had come from. Jesus knew where he was going. And Jesus knew why he was here. So when you know where you came from, God's creation plan, you are free to serve. When you know that Jesus rescued you because of his grace, you are free to serve. When you know that you are on earth to be a part of God's great plan, you are free to serve. No identity crisis here, right? When you know those answers to those questions, you are free to serve. And so grasping this truth makes cleaning the toilet a whole lot easier because you've already gained it all. We have a friend in our small group named Kathleen. Kathleen brought to our community 
and she said, hey, I have a friend at work. This friend at work is about to move apartments. She would love some help. So how cool would that be if our small group doesn't know Kathleen's friend at work all showed up to help this friend move? Now, this friend, I don't know where her walk with is with Jesus, but she was encouraged. She was inspired. And she kind of thought that was strange that a random group of people showed up to help her move. You know, what if we as a Christian community could be a community where we were known for serving more than any other thing? What if we were known for that? What if we could rely on each other for resources, for friends like Kathleen's friend at work, to bring trucks and warm bodies and encouragers? What if we begin to use each other's resources, vehicles, gifts, and talents to serve the world around us? So the first thing, if we want to become a serving community here at Renovation Vineyard is this, rely on your community. This church needs each other. And this community could be the, the best church to serve this city, not the shiniest, but the best church for the city. All right, so how do we start? When do we do it? Thankfully, Jesus didn't leave us alone to figure this out. So if you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to turn to John chapter 13. We're going to be hanging out in that chapter this morning. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now, to give you a little context of this passage, this family dinner is happening on Thursday night. The very next day, Jesus is going to be betrayed. Now, at this family dinner, one of his friends, he knows, is going to betray him. Now, if you think you had a rough week, look at the last week of Jesus' life. On Monday, he went into the temples. He turned the tables. On Tuesday, he got into a fight with the religious leaders. And then he's sitting at family dinner on Thursday night, knowing that one of his friends is going to betray him. Now we see in the context of this passage in a parallel gospel in Luke chapter 22, that his disciples begin to get in a dispute about who was the goat, greatest of all time. The disciples begin to argue Who's the greatest among us? Who's the greatest? Can't you imagine the disciples? I can see John 
well, I'm the one whom Jesus loved. Clearly and obviously, I'm the greatest. And I'm sure that ticked Peter off because he's like, no, no, no. I'm the greatest. I walked on water. (laughs) They were arguing about who the greatest was. So Jesus, I love Jesus, (laughs) knowing that He didn't come to be served, but to serve others. Watch what Jesus does. Picking up in verse 4, chapter 13. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now that was common courtesy in Jesus' day. When a guest came to your home, you would have your servant wash your guest's feet. That was never a task for the host. And yet, what does Jesus do? He picks up a towel He picks up a bucket, and he begins to do something so culturally beneath him. Jesus modeled to us how to be a serving community. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 7, Paul tells us that our attitude should be the same as Jesus. Check this out. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Serving isn't just what we do, y'all. Serving is who we are. We were created to serve. We were designed to serve. It's not just what we do. It's who we are. Jesus didn't come to be served. Jesus came to serve. I think often, though, when God wants me to serve, it can feel inconvenient, It can feel like I just don't have time. Not too long ago, I was shopping at Goodwill. One thing you need to know about me is that I love secondhand shopping. I will go antiquing for days. I will go to consignment stores. It's something like hunting for treasure. It's just so fun. One thing you also need to know about me is that when I go antiquing, or when I go to these secondhand stores, it's kind of like therapy, right? I'm not very fun to go shopping with. I kind of get in the zone. I tune everything out. I'm flipping through old records. I'm looking at art. I'm tuning everything out. So I'm not very fun to go secondhand shopping with. I mean, have you ever been to a therapy session with someone else? Yeah, right? Not very fun. So one day I was at Goodwill, And I was in the zone, right? Retail therapy. (laughs) 
And I noticed that there was this shorter, older lady that was following me through the clothing racks. I mean, like, following me. And I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Okay, I'm in the zone, though. I'm in retail therapy. Let's go. And all of a sudden, this woman uh, comes up to me pretty abruptly and says, hey, are there any size seven shoes on the racks above the clothes? I can't seem to pull them down. She was very short and cute. But in that moment, think about it. That moment when you are completely focused on yourself. You've had a long day. A lot of people needed you. You just need a breather. You're not thinking about anything else but yourself. You guys have a moment in your head where (laughs) you're thinking about? That was the moment that I was in. I was just thinking about myself. So I did help her. I did help her find some seven, some size seven shoes. But looking back on that moment, I don't think that I could have helped her the way that Jesus would have wanted me to help her. I'm not sure that I allowed her to feel loved and cared for and wanted. I could have looked for the best size seven shoe in Goodwill that day, and I could have kneeled down, and I could have helped her put on those shoes. But instead, I don't have that story because I was thinking about myself. The second thing about becoming a serving church is this. What if we thought about ourselves as on call for God? What if that morning before I even started my day, I prayed a short prayer? And I said, God, if there's a need today, would you just cause me to stop and enter into that need like you would have done? I think if I had prayed that prayer, my spirit would have been attuned to God's spirit. And I could have had the most encouraging story about how I helped this sweet, short, cute old lady find the best size seven shoes. I could have had a really cool, encouraging story. We live in a serve me world. And so that's why when we serve one another, and we really have had a missed opportunity when we don't serve one another, we can say, hey, we're a community. That was a missed opportunity, but there's also going to be another opportunity that Jesus is going to bring you. So we start by relying on each other, relying on this community. We practice being on call for God. And lastly, we start carrying a towel. Jesus washed his disciples' feet, but it didn't end there. He then challenged his disciples to wash one another's feet. Check this out in John chapter 13, picking up in verse 12. When Jesus had finished washing their feet, 
He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So what Jesus was doing, he was turning the values of that day upside down. Jesus picked up a towel. He carried a towel and he took on the lowest of low positions that would challenge his disciples. And frankly, I think it confused his disciples. Where would you not want to go? Who do you think doesn't deserve to be served? Those are the places and people that God most likely will send you, not just for their good, but to recalibrate your own values. So the practical next steps to implement becoming here at Renovation Vineyard a serving church is this. Rely on your community. Know someone that needs help? Well, ask someone here. Hey, you've got a truck. Hey, you've got resources. Hey, you've got skills and talents. Can you come help my sphere of influence? And I want to encourage you. Maybe find a friend or two and begin meeting throughout the week to not only discuss this book, but to follow along in this series. Find a friend or two. Go to Starbucks and talk about what God is doing in your life through this series. The second thing is be on call. What would it look like to be on call from God? So this week, I want you to wake up, pick a morning, and I want you to ask God before your day gets started, God, if there's anyone that needs help today, would you give me eyes to see them and a squishy heart to feel them? And see what God does. See how he brings to your awareness a need. A way that you can serve someone outside of yourself. So be on call by holding a baby. Be on call by reading to a child. Be on call by opening up your home and welcoming a stranger. Be on call when new guests come in. Be on call to how you can serve outside of yourself. And lastly, carry a towel. Find a consistent place where you're serving. If it's at Renovation Vineyard, awesome. If it's somewhere outside of these four walls, I believe that we are all called to be using our gifts, skills, and talents to serve other people. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. 
So if Renovation Vineyard is a place where you carry a towel, I want you to go talk to Cookie. Go talk to Andy. Say, how can I carry a towel here at Renovation? If this is a place where you call home, and this is where you come to grow, and this is your community, you are selling yourself short if you are not investing back. Oftentimes when God changes lives through serving, he usually changes our life first. So rely on your community, be on call, and carry a towel. I want to pray those three those three things over this congregation today. Father God, I believe some of us have become acutely aware of either how self-centered that we have been or how we have just been absorbed with our own calendars and our own things. And God, I thank you for the grace of your spirit to bring that awareness to us that there is so much good that we can do when we rely on each other. So I pray for folks here that they would turn to their neighbors, pick up the phone, react, move, do something where they can pull in their community to help their own spheres of influence. God, I pray that we would hear your voice when you're asking us, take care for others. God, would you give us the ability to serve you through the people you love? And lastly, I pray that you would help us realize that we are not just spiritual consumers, God, but that we get to contribute back to the city that you love, to this church and beyond these walls. So God, we love you, we thank you, and we believe that you are doing something incredible here at Renovation Vineyard. In your strong and mighty name, amen.